Welcome back to the CBJ Show. I'm Brandon. Alongside me is Jason on the other side of the Zoom screen. <laughs> we're back with another episode of the CBJ Show. Today, we're going to focus exclusively on the NFL playoff picture by going in-depth um, of a recap of last weekend's wildcard games, preview of this weekend's divisional round games, and then we're going to go a uh, little something, new segment we call Year in Review, where we take a look at, back at uh, a team throughout the season. And so today's Year in Review will be a look back on the Patriots 2021 season. Um, with that, let's jump into NFL Wildcard Weekend Recap. So NFL Wildcard Recap um, Weekend wasn't really the most exciting games we had. We had a lot of blowouts. Uh, we had a controversial whistle in the Bengals-Raiders game that we'll mention in a minute. Uh, we saw what potentially was Big Ben's last um, NFL game. Um, and we only saw one non-home team win, which was the San Francisco 49ers. So it's kind of a, a boring week, you could say, other than those couple few tidbits I just mentioned. Jason, you want to add anything? Yeah, I don't really think it was. I feel like our expectations for this weekend were a little bit more, um, a lot higher, because I thought there would be probably three or four close games. Like, I thought the 7C versus 2C games would be blowouts, but I didn't think the Patriots-Bills game would be a blowout. I thought the Patriots also had a higher chance of winning that game. I thought Bill Belichick was ready for that game and clearly wasn't. Um, and um, I thought... Maybe like uh, another game like the Cardinals-Rams could have been a bit closer. But then again, the Cardinals were a very weak five seed, um, which we'll get into a, a bit later. But just overall, I wasn't really impressed with like how how like there's always just one team that dominated every game, except for maybe Raiders-Bengals or um, 49ers-Cowboys. Those are the only two games I'd say were remotely close. Um, at the end of the day, I think there were some really good games, and we saw the Stars put on a show. Um, it was clear who the better teams were in every single game. Like, there were, I mean, you could say the Cowboys had some controversial calls. At the end of the day, I think the, te the eight teams that deserve to be in the divisional round are here. Um, and uh, it, it kind of looked ugly last week because um, it looked like all oh, these teams don't really deserve being the playoffs that they're facing up against. Teams like the Patriots, Steelers, and the Eagles um, just didn't get anything going. Um, and um, or the Cardinals as well. And I just think that those eight teams kind of have had a really good advantage this round. Um, and we see the two teams come off the bye as well um, for what I think will be a lot better every weekend this weekend. Yeah, I think many uh, NFL fans are hoping for closer games. Week 18 produced so much excitement. So it was a little disappointing after what happened. And so Let's jump right into uh, the specific game. So, uh, as we know, the one seed in the AFC was Tennessee. If Tennessee wins, uh, the AFC runs through Nashville. Uh, Kansas City beat the seven seed Steelers. Um, it was a blowout from the beginning, except it wasn't because Steelers actually were on the board first by a TJ Watt fumble recovered touchdown. Started slow. Steelers got the first touchdown, but after that, 
Mahomes and Kansas City caught fire as he threw for five TDs in a span of 11 minutes, threw for over 400 yards, and had only nine incompletions. So he was great. Kelsey was uh, star of the show. He was doing it on both ends, throwing it and catching it. Is. Um, and we saw what we think is Big Ben's last game, where he had a decent game. Uh, with the stats saying 29 for 44, over 200 yards, and two TDs. But uh, I think a lot of fans thought this game would have been a little bit closer just because uh, what the Steelers were able to do in Week 18, pull off that big upset. A lot of people thought this is Big Ben's probably his last game. He may be done, and they thought they would come out with some more firepower. But it was kind of similar to their previous meeting just a few weeks ago where the Kansas City Chiefs blew out Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew what was going to happen in this game. We knew the Kansas City Chiefs would blow them out. Um, but there is you should definitely give respect to the Steelers. Like you said, they got on board first. I think when I was watching the game, I was going crazy. I thought the Steelers actually had a chance when they got a pick um, with Devin Bush um, with and then the TJ Watt fumble recovery. I thought that was amazing. And um, they, I think they had a chance at keeping the lead. No, but it was a great moment to be in. Um, and then the Chiefs came just firing back. I mean, there's no way you can stop it. I know the Steelers have one of the better defenses in the NFL, but the Chiefs, I think, have the best offense in the NFL right now, I'd say. Um, and they have, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and he was absolutely dealing all game. Um, he, he got everyone involved. Um, and um, he was 30 of 39. Um, his passer rating was unbelievable, even with an interception. It was like 138.3, I think, or something like that. Um, he was just diming every single pass, um, and the Steelers just could not keep pace with them. And you're going to see in these games that there's going to be an offense that always is at one tier above the other, and you can't keep pace with the other offense, no matter how good your defense is. And that's going to be a big theme, I think, this weekend as well. Uh, but I do give credit to the Steelers. Big Ben was fine in his what we call his last game. Um, did, did he get many yards on every catch? No, it was a lot of like five yard dump offs. It wasn't that impressive in my opinion for what he did. Um, and his QBR was really bad um, and they could not get anything going on the run game. Najee had only 29 yards on 12 carries, um, which is a concern. I think the offensive line needs some revamping. We saw that almost their entire offensive line from 2020 retired as all of them were older. They were all part of the other half of like the Big Ben era. Um, and they retired. And now this year, they have a really young offensive line. Um, they're going to do some revamping. And it'll be interesting to see if they also draft a franchise quarterback or maybe go all in for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson this offseason. Um, but I mean, it's a success for them to make the playoffs. Um, given the expectations, they need a lot of miracles to happen, like the Colts losing to the Jaguars um, and a disappointing season from the Ravens, the Browns, the Chargers and the Dolphins um, for, what, for what their expectations would be. Um, but um, congrats to the for making the playoffs. I know they ended in a bad way, but this season really should be, um, they should definitely walk away with the season um, with their heads up. I think they have a bright future as long as they can bring in a good quarterback. All right, next game, we're going to uh, a little bit brushed by this just because we're uh, a little bit salty, but we'll still uh, talk about a few things. So Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots game. We thought, uh, both of us, definitely. We thought going into it, it would 
not be a blow. We thought, all right, the Bills are the better team. They may win. Patriots may have a chance to win, but no one, I think, could have predicted uh, the outcome with what uh, Buffalo did. Buffalo was 100% the better team, scoring on all possess, scoring a touchdown on all possessions, all seven possessions, not having to punt nor kick a field goal. Allen was never sacked, never threw an interception, and his stats show it. He was 21 for 25, 308 yards, and five TDs. The biggest thing that shows here is Allen threw more TDs than incompletions. So it was crazy. Uh, Buffalo is definitely the better team in this uh, very cold game, but no one really thought it was going to come like this. Yeah, I didn't either. I honestly thought that we would um, probably end up pulling this out just because of the historic Belichick success. Um, I think I had to realize that I had to limit my expectations for us. Um, I, I really thought we could have maybe gone to the divisional round because at one point in the season, like week 14, week 15, people were saying we were the favorites to make the Super Bowl out of the AFC. People were saying Patriots Bucks is like the, the predicted Super Bowl. And to think that we went from that just a few weeks ago, like a month ago to this, um, I kind of don't really believe it. And um, were we figured out by a lot of good teams? Yeah, the Colts and the Bills had figured out in the regular season um, after our bye week. I think the bye week kind of screwed up our momentum. Um, and that's the problem. We brought a lot of momentum into the bye week with a huge win streak. And then we just weren't prepared. I, I think um, you can't really relax on the bye weeks because the momentum was completely lost. After that bye week, we won just one game and it was against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, and um, yeah, like you said with the Bills, Josh Allen was pretty much perfect. You can't play any better than what he how he played. Um, he was avoiding sacks like crazy. The de- While the Patriots defense was lazy, they were still um, rushing at the quarterback. And he was... With his frame, he's like what six five, two thirty seven. Like he is going to break the tackles. He's um he's like built of armor, and he can easily shed them off and make a big play. Um, and Allen I is think not gonna... a player that is uh, as a defense is easily you're gonna take him down. You really takes I would say multiple guys to to take him down. And in addition, he runs so um, a lot of times we saw in the game. And you can notice this more over the course of the season. Uh, defenses would rush Allen, and then Allen would escape the pocket. As a result, give him give his receivers more time and uh, had more completion. So Allen is, one, hard to take down, but he also moves a lot. So you got to be quick to get him. Yeah, you have to be really quick. He's, like I said, with his frame, like, He's not, he's not only strong, but he is fast. He has legs for days. He's probably one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. Him and Lamar, I think, are probably the top two rushing quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, or maybe Jalen Hurts or Kyler can be in that conversation. Um, but, but, yeah, Josh Allen is one huge dude to bring down. And when you have an entire offense working, when you get when you have literally five competent wide receivers um, playing snaps, um, and you have Devin Singletary um, looking like – an elite running back in the playoffs, which is absurd. Um, there's not really much you can do to stop this team. But one thing I will say going into this week is that Josh Allen has been so inconsistent after an amazing performance. Every single game this year that he's had a had a fantastic performance, like the best performance of any quarterback in the NFL, he follows it up with one of the worst games in the NFL. And I'm not saying it's going to happen versus Kansas City um, this weekend, but 
We saw he was horrible versus the Falcons, was horrible versus the Jets, just after a fantastic game against New England. Um, and that happened many other times earlier this season. So I think Josh Allen could be figured out by the Kansas City defense this weekend. Um, and um, because his his consistency is just not always there. He's he's elite quarter, he's an elite quarterback for sure, but his consistency is nowhere near um, where it needs to be. The four seed Bengals won for the first time in 31 years on Saturdays. They beat the Rainers. This was the best game and started. This was the first game of the weekend. And um, I was reading on Twitter, uh, and a lot of people were tweeting saying, like, if this is how the wild card weekend is going to go, this is going to be amazing. And after that, it went downhill. We had blowouts after blowouts after blowouts. But this was exciting. Had a lot of controversial, um, uh, and the best thing is that the Bengals won. They have waited 31 years since they last won a playoff game, and the uh, the craziest thing was no one has ever texted before Saturday about a Bengals playoff win. The last Bengals win was 91, and the first text message came out in 92. So people can now text. The Bengals won. Um, another fun fact, George H.W. Bush was president in 91, and Home Alone was the number one movie at this time. But to talk about the Bengals, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, they have been, and Mixon running back, have been amazing. But I want to talk about the duo between Burrow and Chase. Yes, they have the connections from LSU. But what we saw on this past weekend and this whole season, the chemistry between the two is so good. It's like um, glue, basically, between the two. And Jamar Chase just has been incredible. Definitely, in my opinion, for Offensive Rookie of the Year. No question with anyone else. But the two of them are going to be scary. And... I could see an upset against Tennessee. I don't think, um, yes, we'll get into that later, that Henry is back, but Cincinnati Bengals are scary with that duo of Burrow and Chase. Yeah, they're going to be a duo that dominates the NFL for the next decade plus. Um, and um, we, I think it's kind of crazy how we were saying Jamar Chase would be a bust and they should have taken Panay Sewell with their draft pick. Um, and then in the preseason, we see um, Jamar Chase have – say he he can't really see the balls without the stripes as we know in college football um the the ball has stripes on it and in the nfl it doesn't in the preseason he couldn't catch for his life he was dropping passes after passes and we were like is jamar chase really gonna live up to the hype is jamar chase ever gonna be like a quality wide receiver and he's already surpassed being a quality wide receiver he's a superstar wide receiver as a rookie he had the greatest rookie season of all time for an offensive player, in my opinion, better than Justin Jefferson's, in my opinion. And I think Jefferson is the top two wide receiver in the NFL. What Jamar Chase did this year, um, he's on pace to be probably one of the greatest receivers of all time. Him and Justin Jefferson will probably be the top two wide receivers in the NFL for a while. I wouldn't put Chase up there yet just because he's a rookie. But, oh, my gosh, he is he's on pace to be something special. And the Spangles team is so well-rounded, like you said, with Mixon and the run game. The offensive line made so many improvements this season after they didn't take Sewell. Um, I really like their improvements. T. Higgins is a fantastic wide receiver, too. I love Tyler Boyd in the slot. 
Um, and the defense, Trey Hendrickson, one of the most underrated edge rushers in the NFL. I believe he led the league in sacks last year with New Orleans, and he was a big free agency pickup. And Jesse Bates is the top five safety. This Bengals team has surpassed their expectations. I thought they were winning like three or four games this year, and they really proved me wrong. Moving on to the NFC games. So Green Bay uh, has the one seed in the bye. Like the Titans, the NFC runs through the frozen tundra, Green Bay, if they can win the next couple of games. But we're going to start with the, the two-seeded Bucks against the seven-seeded Eagles. So this was basically, you could quote-unquote say, a bye week for Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, the Eagles didn't come to play until basically late in the second half, mostly fourth quarter. Uh, ten, uh, sorry, the Eagles were shut out at halftime and only scored two meaningless garbage time touchdowns by Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. And Hertz was not that great. He threw one TD, um, threw two interceptions, had 258 yards, but he had over 20 incompletions. And you compare that to Brady, where he's 29 for 37, 371 yards and two TDs, zero interceptions. It really goes to show who is more of the experienced QB and the veteran QB. Hertz was great for the Eagles. They made the playoffs um, after the whole Carson Wentz uh, issue in Philadelphia the past couple of years, the head coaching. They got a new head coach this year. Uh, they basically said this is Hertz's his team. And I think for the fact, uh, it's the same thing with the Patriots for making the playoffs uh, with a rookie QB. I think the fact that uh, the Eagles did make the playoffs, even though they got crushed by uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks, they still made the playoffs. And I, I would say that was a successful season for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I say it was too. But the problem with the Eagles is that they had six opportunities this year to um, play against a playoff team. They didn't. They were the only team in the NFL that did not beat a playoff team. Even the Jaguars and the Jets and the Texans beat um, playoff teams, I believe. Um, and the Eagles were the only team to never beat a playoff team. And I do think they deserve to be there um, because there weren't any other teams that were kind of close to their level. Um, I mean, you could argue the Saints and the Vikings. Uh, but the Eagles were not that good this year like, compared to what some people are hyping them up to be. I do think their future is bright. Um, but they've made some really poor decisions in the past few years through the draft. I'm really looking at Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson, probably the worst pick I've ever seen um, in NFL history. Jalen Rager might be one of the worst wide receivers I've ever watched play. He's literally choking games for them all season. He even fumbled versus the Bucks, and he, he dropped two game-winning passes in one game. He is just a huge disappointment, and I think the Eagles are going to try to shop him this offseason because Rager might be one of the worst wide receivers I've ever watched. And we're looking at Tampa – um, they're still, I think they still have an absolutely great shot at winning the Super Bowl, um, making it out of the NFC. Um, if Tom Brady can keep dealing, he can find that Mike Evans connection and Gronk too. I think they're going to be just fine. Just make sure the defense is healthy. They'd had Shaq Bear on the COVID list, um, for a bit and it was a little uncertain if he would play. But I think a big X factor this week will be Tristan Wirfs, one of the best offensive tackles in the NFL. If he does not play this weekend, I don't think the Buccaneers will win because Tristan Wirfs is. Um, the reason why Tom Brady has a lot of protection. And if Wirfs isn't playing, I think a team like the Rams with Aaron Donald and Von Miller rushing up the defensive line, 
that's going to be a huge um, task to stop um, for the Bucks line. I just don't know if they have it. The next game we had was what we ended with the most controversial play. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Cowboys Niners. Like I mentioned, the Niners were the only road team to pull out the victory in wildcard weekend. Garoppolo was uh, probably, I would say, very good for um, the fact that he was injured a little bit this season. They made the playoffs. Um, they won a game, at least. They'll have to go to Green Bay next week, which is hard. But Jimmy G, I think what he's done, he's uh, done a lot to basically to change the 49ers. They started out very, very slow. It didn't look like the Niners were going to make the playoffs at all. And the fact that kind of towards the end of the season, they actually had a chance to become uh, the second second team in the, the NFC West was uh, pretty, mara- uh, pretty remarkable. Uh, Elijah Mitchell scored a rushing touchdown. Debo Samuel was just running all over the Cowboys. Um, Brandon Ayuk was, had five catches, 66 yards, um, guarded by Trayvon Diggs, who has slowly faded over, uh, the second half of the season. Um, 49ers defenders, Fred Nor, Fred Warner and Nick Bosa, Bosa, both exit of injuries. Uh, they should be available to play this weekend. And, when we look at Dak, his numbers were 23 for 43, 250 yards, a TD, an interception, and a rushing touchdown. Not amazing, but not great at the same uh, – or not terrible at the same time. He was decent. Game was close. It came down to a one-touchdown uh, game. But the biggest um, thing was the Cowboys going into the season looked like this was their chance to make it to the Super Bowl. They started well. They kind of fell apart towards the end and that this collapse in this wild card weekend against the Niners is very bad, especially at home. And there'll be questions about is Mike McCarthy still the best uh, choice for head coach? Um, definitely some issues with Zeke. He was injured throughout the year um, and they're hoping to get him back, but I don't know if Zeke's really himself anymore after the past couple of years. And um, it'll be interesting to know if the Cowboys can do better next season. Yeah, but Jerry Jones has seemed very, like, not impressed with this team. Um, he's expressed a lot of disappointment for Amari Cooper, and I feel like he's probably going to get traded this offseason. Um, and a good chance that Zeke does too, because I think Tony Pollard could be their franchise running back right now. Um, with the way he's been playing lately. Um, but just looking at the game, um, props to the 49ers for pulling it out. But I think like the biggest X factors were probably Debo and Ayuk, um, the the two wide receivers that absolutely dominated this game. Um, when you have an athletic freak like Ayuk making these contested catches, you have Debo Samuel, who's um, probably one of the best yards after catch players in NFL history um, with the way he's been playing out of the backfield or um, in the receiving game. Um, that that's going to be their biggest X factor, I think, against um, Green Bay. And um, hoping they can get Bosa and Warner back um, because Warner, I think, is the, probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. Nick Bosa is one of the best edge rushers um, in the league. Um, and um, 
they honestly have a shot at maybe surprising people. Uh, the 49ers have beaten the Packers every single time they've every time Aaron Rodgers has played against them in the playoffs, um, which is something to note. But this time it isn't in Green Bay. So we'll see if maybe um, this is the Packers year. And with Dallas, um, go back a bit to them. I mean, the last play of the game, I do blame it on the Cowboys. Uh, I think it was a horrible play call to have Dak um, have a QB draw. That was just a horrible decision. They knew they weren't going to get the um, snap off. They, there was no way they could have gotten the snap off. And now they're complaining that the ref screwed them up. Like the ref, the, the, people need to know before the game, uh, or just look at the rule book, honestly, that the ref has to touch the ball before you set the snap. The, the only reason the ref was trying to like jump over Dak was because he needs to touch the ball. Um, and if you're a Cowboys fan still complaining about that, uh, just just please stop about it. It's not really um, controversial at all. It it's it's goes by the book. People should know this. Um, and the 49ers absolutely deserve to win this game. I don't see how the Cowboys winning. Um, and the fact that the Cowboys did this, I'm never picking the Cowboys ever again to win a playoff game. This they always say this is our year, but it's really never their year. Yeah, I definitely agree. It, it's it was definitely surprising watching that live that Dak and the other linemen did not know the rule that uh, the ref has to spot, which I am uh, would like to say is a great rule because otherwise we would have teams marking it and changing it and teams would get like first downs when it's fourth and inches or third and one. Um, so it's definitely a great rule. And it was definitely a, a dumb decision to call a, a QB sneak. But I give credit to the ref. He had to sprint basically 25 yards and jump over a uh, humongous, probably close to 250, 300-pound line, uh, uh, offensive lineman and to just be able to spot it. But it is crazy that an NFL playoff game ended on a game where the ref had to spot the ball. So it's a little controversial, you could say, but I definitely think the refs got right. Play ended, uh, or the clock ended, hit triple zeros, game's over. You can't do anything about it. Uh, the last NFC game we had was the four-seed Rams beating the five-seed Cardinals. We thought going into this divisional matchup, just like the Bills-Patriots, be a little bit closer. Yes, I think the Rams were definitely the better team going into this, but Arizona has totally fallen apart since they started 7-0, and it's really interesting to know uh, a little f uh, fun fact. The past three seasons, the last team to uh, be undefeated, so in 2019 was the Patriots, 2020 was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this year was the Arizona Cardinals. All three teams have actually lost in wildcard weekend. So it really goes to show that teams can take every team seriously and not the same level because you may play the Texans and the Jags who are rebuilding and they're bad. But if you play the Rams or the Niners, that top tier, you can't play them like you're going to play the Texans. So teams really underestimate uh, other teams also get um, really uh, not I say it, but get too high on their team and think they're better than they really are. And fans need to realize that you got to look at who your team is playing and determine if that was really a fair uh, assessment of your team. So it's interesting that how much these teams have collapsed in the 
second half of the season. But Stafford was um, better than Murray. He won his first playoff game, um, which is crazy. After 12, 12 years in Detroit, he, he won zero playoff games. One year with the Rams, he, he's already uh, won a playoff game. So he was definitely the better quarterback and deserved to win. 13 for 17, 200 yards, and two TDs. Um, definitely the better QB. Von Miller had a sack. Um, Cooper Cup, although he had a touchdown, he only had 61 yards, didn't really break out. But Odell had a um, long, had a um, another touch, had a touchdown as well, and over 50 yards. And he has really improved and really definitely gotten better in the past couple of weeks. And I think a little too many, so many people were um, saying that, oh, he was not good. And his um, time with Cleveland and the Giants fell apart. But I think it really shows that like he needed a better QB and maybe a, a better head coach. Yeah, I want to go back to the Odell thing that you were just talking about. People were saying Baker Mayfield was the problem, or not Baker Mayfield, that it was either Baker Mayfield being the problem or Odell being the problem. A lot of people, especially Browns fans, were defending Baker Mayfield over Odell, which blows my mind because we know Odell was one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL. No matter like where you rank him, he still is way up there talent-wise. Um, and um, Baker Mayfield was clearly the problem. Um, they just do not work together. Uh, Baker does not really know how to use a wide receiver one. Um, they have no wide receiver options, and it's probably because the Browns organization has wasted them. They had Josh Gordon, who they dumped, and they have Odell. Now they cut him. Um, but I think, yeah, Odell has really found himself again in L.A. Do I think he'll be back there next year? Probably a good chance he is, um, but there may be a chance he doesn't get many touches because Cooper Cup is there. Robert Woods will come back from injury. Van Jefferson, um, their rookie this year hasn't played, but Tutu Atwell is a guy I was really high on going to the draft. Um, and um, with the Rams, again, the run game was dominant with Michelle and Akers. Akers coming back is one of the biggest um, end of the season additions. Akers had a had an injury that he was supposed to be out for for like eight to nine months. He recovered in five months and is still looking like a really good running back. Um, and I think if they can establish the run game with Cam Akers, that will be scary. But um, one thing I do want to say about Cam Akers is that um, it kind of made a dirty play on Buda Baker. Um, Buda Baker is... Um, it felt like he was almost like paralyzed when he like trucked them. Um, and then Cam Akers kind of showboated on him after. So um, I hope Buda Baker's okay. He's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Um, and I think he'll probably be healed up for next season. And one thing I want to say about the Cardinals is that um, Kyler Murray is kind of turning into the next Russell Wilson in a sense that he starts the year as the MVP candidate by a mile, the top MVP candidate. And then he has some sort of little injury. And then when he comes back, it's just not the same. And then they're a first down exit. And I think someone who's like a small quarterback um, who's mobile, um, like Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray, I see so many similarities between them. Do I think Kyler's potential to be like a Hall of Famer like Russell Wilson? Absolutely, if he can have some playoff success. Russell Wilson had playoff success early in his career. That's why he doesn't really need to have any playoff success right now to maybe be in the Hall of Fame conversation. But with Kyler, it's really early that he's going into this Russell Wilson cycle. And I, I hope he can get out of it because Kyler is one of my favorite young quarterbacks in the NFL. All right. That's going to wrap up wildcard weekend recap. And we're going to move on to the next round, the divisional round, which starts today at 4.30. Um, when we're filming this, this is Saturday, January 22nd. So 
the game will start probably in just uh, a few hours later. But the first game we got is Bengals at Titans, so the number four Bengals at the number one seed Titans, uh, 4.30 p.m. on CBS. Ian Engel, Charles Davis on the call. The big news, Jason, the king is back. And we'll see if Henry is really um, the same level he was before he got injured, if he can play up to the speed that he was before. He's been out for a while. This is his first game since he got injured. Um, But can Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow upset the Titans? You know, I think it's gonna be really tight. I'm so I'm I'm so like tempted to pick like one team that I switch to the other. Um, I think it really depends on who strikes first. Uh, I know like receiving the ball first has a lot to do, but playing from behind is something that's really hard to do. And I think um, when the Titans get up in front, there's nothing that can stop the Tennessee Titans because um, they've already established the run game. Um, and um, it also will depend on their usage of Derrick Henry. I don't think he's going to get his normal 20 to 30 carries. I think it'll be more like 12 to 17, um, unless they really find something that's working for them, and they'll obviously use it. But I wouldn't expect them to use Derrick Henry too much. I think the big factor will be A.J. Brown, as he's going to dominate the Bengals' cornerbacks. I think they have some underrated corners, but A.J. Brown is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I'd have him in my top 10. I think he's going to feast on the Bengals' receivers. I think it's just the problem of the Titans being able to stop the Bengals receivers because in their secondary, they do not have any good cornerbacks at all. They have Kevin Byard at safety, who I really like. Um, But outside of that, there's no one who's going to be able to guard Jamar Chase. And that's going to be a problem for the Titans. And I'm personally rooting for the Titans. The Titans are the team that I hope goes all the way right now. Um, But I I just do not know if the Titans have what it takes. I, I think it's just a matter of, if they can find something that works for them. It could be establishing the run with Derrick Henry because they don't have a good run defense in Cincy. Um, it could be finding A.J. Brown. But you have to be able to carry the momentum. Both these teams thrive off the momentum, and both these teams cannot really play from behind that much. I mean, the Bengals sometimes can, um, but if the Titans are in front, there's no way they can be stopped. So I think the Titans probably should um, win this game, assuming they can establish everything, but if they cannot get anything going early, the Bengals probably take this one. Yeah, it's been a, a long time, about a decade, since the Bengals won in Tennessee. The last QB to do that was Andy Dalton, and he threw three touchdowns in that 2011 game. Let's say, hypothetically, the Bengals are able to get out in front over the Titans. Tennessee can't use the run game, and the Bengals win. Do you think they have what it takes to defeat the Chiefs? We saw them a few weeks ago. They competed fine with the Chiefs in Cincinnati. This game will be, if Cincinnati wins, the game would be in Kansas City. Do you think the Bengals have what it takes to beat Kansas City in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City? I honestly do not. I think the the Arrowhead atmosphere is a bit too much. I mean, you have the best quarterback in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes with the best offense in the NFL, um, with Hill and Kelsey and that amazing O-line, so many improvements. There, there's nothing you can do if you're the Bengals on the road. Uh, their season is already a success no matter how it ends. Even if they lost to the Raiders, this season was a success. Making the playoffs is something that was a fantastic achievement. Nobody expected this. 
I, I thought they were finishing last in their division by a wide margin. I didn't think they would be that good. I thought they'd probably have a top five pick in the draft again. And this team just proved me wrong. Um, and um, they're, they're probably not going to be in the Super Bowl. There's no way they're being the Chiefs, but they absolutely have a fantastic chance being the Titans just because um, it's their first game with a different type of playbook. Um, but big props, to, going back to the Titans, big props to Deonta Foreman for filling Derrick Henry's role. Um, I, they were able to kind of keep the same playbook that Derrick Henry ran, which is amazing because nobody is like Derrick Henry um, with the way he runs. Maybe the closest thing is like Nick Chubb. Um, but th the fact that Mike Rabel, who in my opinion should absolutely be coach of the year for the what, for things that he did this year, Mike Vrabel deserves so much credit for this. And win or lose, um, I, I think this season will go down success for both teams. Yeah, Devontae Foreman was great, but the King is back. And we'll see if the Bengals have what it takes to match Tennessee's run-heavy style. The next game tonight is Niners at Packers, 8.15 p.m. on Fox. Uh, Jim Bob Troy Aikman on the call for that one. It's going to be a cold game just like the Pats-Bills uh, game last week. A little bit warmer, around 12 degrees. But do the Niners have what it takes to come from? Uh, yes, they were able to overcome the Cowboys. They didn't really think the Cowboys were the best, that good of a team this year. Packers have been really good. Um, fun fact, Aaron Rodgers have had the one seed um, four years in um, – as QB in his career, and he has yet to make the Super Bowl as the number one seed. So they've lost in the conference games. They've lost in the divisional rounds. They've never made it to the Super Bowl when Aaron Rodgers is a QB and the Packers were the number one seed. Are the Niners thinking about their week three game this past year and saying, how do we changed what we did what do we need to do and not let Aaron Rodgers have time to make a comeback I think the 49ers are a completely different team since then because they figured a lot of things out but looking back at the game the only problem is you cannot give Aaron Rodgers the ball with 30 seconds left you just can't do that if if you give someone like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes the ball with less than a minute left you're, they're gonna make you pay no matter how good your defense is, they're going to make you pay, and especially Aaron Rodgers, who I think is the most clutch player in the NFL. Um, and I think that just game management, clock management is huge. Um, in playoff games, if you can just use the clock, like maybe just if you want to run plays quickly or more slowly, um, it's all about that. But with the 49ers, I think they're a really fast-paced offense. Um, and the only way that they're really going to get going is if they feed Debo Samuel um, and I'm not really sure who's going to be really guarding Debo because I think he's not going to be playing as a wide out and he's going to be a lot more in the backfield, um, maybe in the slot a bit. Um, I, I think Jair Alexander will be uh, covering Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and I, I think that they get Debo going um, because they're a completely different team since week three. Um, they didn't really know that Debo Samuel was that Swiss Army knife that he is, um, that he's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Um, and um, the fact that if they can get Debo Samuel going, the Packers are just going to have to match pace on offense, and that's not really too hard of a task. Um, but I do expect a lot from the 49ers to get Samuel going. But with the Packers, I think they just need to capitalize on every single drive. I don't see them really going like three and out or like having any bad drives. 
um, this game because the Rodgers Adams connection is just deadly. Um, and I think they're probably the favorite to make it out of the NFC and possibly the Super Bowl. Um, they're my pick going into the playoffs. Um, but I'm still thinking about it. Um, but the, yeah, the Packers have just uh, probably the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL. And if you can get that going, even just like 50% of what it was in the regular season, there's no chance the 49ers can win this game. And big props to the 49ers for being here. They are a very good team, but it's really unlikely that they win this game. The Packers win head coach Matt LaFleur will be the second head coach in NFL history to reach the conference title game in each of his first three seasons. Only Jim Harbaugh has accomplished this feat. Tomorrow, the first game is the number four seed Rams at the number two seed Bucks, 3 p.m. on NBC. Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth on the call for this one. Bucks are the favorites uh, by 2.5, three points. We saw in week three, the Rams were able to upset. Um, Brady has lost a few of his pieces. He's not like he is before, but can Brady and the Bucks go and beat the Rams? Yes, it's at home, but you really think they're able to get over the edge over the Rams? I honestly am really stuck, and there's one thing that I mentioned earlier that's going to determine this game. If Tristan Wirfs plays, they're probably going to win this game just because Brady will be able to establish his game. If Tristan Wirfs doesn't play, probably I'll say this again: Tristan Wirfs is probably one of the uh, probably a top two versatile offensive tackle in the NFL behind Trent Williams. Um, and if they cannot get Tristan Wirfs in there, there's nothing that Brady can do um, to get the ball off in time. And I know Brady is known for being able to get quick releases, um, but when you have Jalen Ramsey, the best defensive back in the NFL by a mile guarding Mike Evans, your only really shot at getting some big plays is with Gronk over the middle. And I think the Rams already have a lot of scheme around that. We know Sean McVay um, is going to set something up because he always does. I think Sean McVay has the biggest mastermind um, for a scheme in the NFL. Um, and uh, I, the only problem is, is that Brady's not going to be able to get enough time um, in the pocket um, to um, make some big plays. And if Tristan Wirfs isn't playing, there's, there's not really a good chance that um, Brady can get anything going. I'll of course, be rooting for the Bucks, but I think with the way that the Rams have um, their defense established as the top defense in the NFL and the way they can dominate in every single part of their offensive game because they have wide receivers everywhere. They have running backs everywhere. They have a very serviceable quarterback, well above average, and a really good offensive line. Um, the Rams are in perfect position to go into Tampa and win this game. It's really hard to say, like, go against the saying, don't bet against the GOAT. But it's really hard for me to pick against, prefer to pick Brady when um, now we, we saw he had those superstar weapons. And now it's really just Mike Evans and then, like, Gronk and Scotty Miller and Brashad Perriman are really his only um, serviceable options. Um, and uh, I just don't think there's much he can do with those weapons. They're a different team, but I think someone who's going to change this team a lot um, and this game will be Leonard Fournette coming back from injury. He's just activated off IR this week. And I think he could also have a big game depending on how they use him. But I think he'll have to be used as like a pass catcher at the backfield because I'm not messing with Aaron Donald or Von Miller in the run game. Yeah, the, the Rams defense is scary. Don't want to, especially in number 99. Last game, Bills, Chiefs, uh, 6.30 p.m. on CBS tomorrow. 6.30 p.m. tomorrow on CBS, Nance and Romo with the call. 
Buffalo, Kansas City meet again in Arrowhead. Uh, we saw last year, Allen was just not good. He couldn't do anything last year. Now he's a different player. Uh, yes, Jason mentioned his struggles against the Falcons and Jets, uh, but both teams are coming off massive wins. Uh, both Allen and Mahomes threw five TDs. I don't think they're going to both throw for that much. Um, I either think this is going to be a very close high-scoring game or a very close low-scoring game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be anywhere of a blowout like the, uh, both teams had this past weekend. Who gets the victory out of this one? And whoever wins, do you think they can go on to the Super Bowl? Um, I would probably say the only team that would that makes it out and goes to the Super Bowl if they win this game would be the Chiefs. I don't think the Bills really have what it takes to make the Super Bowl right now. Um, and I might just be just salty that we lost to them, but I really don't think the Bills are built for the Super Bowl right now. Um, but you never really know. They have a fantastic offense with weapons everywhere. Um, and I think one thing to know is um, Stephon Diggs, if you remember last year after the game ended, he stayed on the field and watched the Chiefs hoist um, their AFC trophy. And I think that photo has a lot of symbolic meaning right now because this is Stephon Diggs' revenge game. This is what he's been waiting for for almost an entire calendar year. Um, it was that this exact weekend since the week was pushed up to week 18. Now it lines up. This is the exact same weekend that the Bills and the Chiefs faced off in the AFC championship and that photo was taken. And I think Stephon Diggs is ready for his revenge. Um, and I, I really hope that um, it, even if he does, if the Bills end up doing, the Bills end up winning this game, I would be really happy for Stephon Diggs. Um, but I'm not going to pick them in this game just because I know that Patrick Mahomes has the most efficient playoff success in NFL history. Um, if we look at what he's done, he goes to the AFC Championship and it's so close, but he loses to Tom Brady in overtime. The next year, he goes to the Super Bowl and wins the Super Bowl. The next year, he goes to the Super Bowl and loses the Super Bowl. He, every single year, has gotten so far in the playoffs, and there's nothing I can see that – there's nothing really in Patrick Mahomes' way except for Tom Brady, who is his kryptonite. Um, but if Patrick Mahomes – Patrick Mahomes should absolutely be making it out of the AFC this year, and the Bills, I just don't think they have what it takes at this moment. Yes, I think the Chiefs are definitely, you could say, the best team in the AFC. They will have a challenge this Sunday against the Bills, their high-power offense, but a lot of great matchups, a lot of great analysis, uh, but we'll see what the outcomes are after this weekend. Uh, as we're running out of time, we're going to save the uh, past year in review for next week. Another, uh, we'll give a little preview for next week since I mentioned it. So we'll, we'll be talking about the past year in review next week and the New England Revolution, uh, the MLS team, play-by-play, uh, -play, Brad Feldman will be joining the CBJ show for a interview. So hope you uh, you can stay alert for that by uh, post uh, or clicking the notification tabs on Spotify. There's now this ratings thing. So if you want to rate us, go ahead. You can also watch on YouTube if this gets posted there. And that we say thank you for watching episode 35 or 36 of the CBJ show.